the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And for today's episode, we are perched on the balcony of the Mondrian Hotel in Kalayonga, um, just at the very cusp of what is going to be a spectacular evening of art. Um, it's called Lotus Art in Motion. There's a collection of artists uh, joining us this evening. The hotel is alive with action. And I'm joined by the creator of the event, Mr. Marco Bassi. Hi, hi everybody. Thank you for having me. So just give us a bit of a background, um, how this kind of concept came to be. Me and my wife, we started to think about this uh, almost one year ago, because she's a photographer, I was a, a promoter, I've always been doing an event for all my life, practically. And um, I think we thought that something like this in Ibiza was really missing art related and we have a lot of friends that are artists so for us it was a good also opportunity to meet all our friends and invite them to come over there are going to be a lot of friends from london dubai monte carlo that was years that we didn't see and uh, is uh, nice to do something different in an island that is just going in one direction you know so we hope that uh, all our friends are going to have fun and uh, nothing, this is it. How did the selection process take place in terms of the curation of the artists? We are a bunch of friends, first of all. Uh, we didn't really select, it was a natural, uh, it was all natural who... We didn't really select, it was just... Uh, uh, how I can say... Is our clo- closest friends, they are amazing. So there was no reason to select other people, to be honest. And and how do, would you sort of encapsulate the theme for the, the collection of art that you have here this evening that you're showcasing? Definitely they're all different. Uh, they are uh, different character, different uh, different personal between each other, different style. Uh, we have beautiful painter, we have beautiful picture, we also have the NFT collection just to complete a bit more uh, modern. A uh, lot of people they don't like, a lot of people they love it. And um, yeah, it's, uh, this is it more or less. Yeah. You're obviously not from Ibiza. You sound like you have an Italian accent. Where do you guys live? I'm living in Ibiza from 12 years, but I come from Milan. I was born in Milan, yes. Yes. Say that the island is is moving in like one direction. I mean, it's obviously important to you to, you know, showcase the other side of the island. There is a lot of artists that gather in a place like Ibiza. It's a, a place that really, you know, attracts a lot of artistry. When uh, everybody speak and think about Ibiza, they are always thinking and uh, project this uh, in their mind: this uh, party island, this uh, raving island. This and Ibiza is not just this. Ibiza, first of all, is a beautiful place to live with the family there is a lot of different things apart the the club but uh, all these things uh, they are not rap- rap- represented in, in this moment because uh, probably there is not a lot of money behind 
clubbing in the, of course produce definitely more money than uh, than art people they come here for having a lot of fun uh, and for music principle but uh, there are a lot of people also that are, they are not interesting to go in a club with 5000 people so we would like to create an event that is a bit more intimate that is a bit more uh, a small circle where uh, everybody can meet new new people for a lot of different reasons that can be art they can be music can be business but uh, is a way to definitely connect with new people interest that have the same interest that we have and in this case it's perfect for us and regarding the event uh, we always been do- doing event but different type of event festival <laughs> in this case so it's something new for me and i really love it is more um, I really like the the vibe I really like the everything we are doing is more uh, cost, constructive do you think that the nft kind of artistry collective is, is a you know the sign of the future how do you feel about the kind of way that technology is infusing the world of art I really don't know if they're gonna redefine the the future I know that they they are the present for sure it's gonna be up and down like a Russian mountain, like everything is on digital and everything is crypto. For sure, the, the NFT that they have some use, they're gonna be long term and they're gonna be successful. There are a lot of NFT that don't have any use and any apart uh, the beauty of the NFT itself. That probably they're gonna have a bit more. Dif- they have are gonna have a difficult life because they don't do uh, they don't have token inside so uh, the customer can't really use it apart watching it this is uh, I think the, the major two different that there is in this moment for nft uh, it's just an interesting point I mean there's a lot of people talking about you know have artists got a future due to AI and and the way t- technology is evolving right uh, you have a point I agree in a in a way but in in depend how you always want to see things you know if you want to embrace something and you want to um, update yourself or you want to stay and carry on following what you've been doing until now this is a different uh, decision that uh, every artist of every person have to to take by themselves uh, is like using the phone a lot of people they didn't want to use the phone before and they say that it was crazy to carry on this phone and now there is nobody that at least have one phone. Uh, same things was for the internet. What's the point to have something online where I can go in my usual bakery or my usual place to buy my same things? Now everybody they used to, they're using to go online and buy things online. Uh, definitely the AI is going to change but it's going to create also different opportunity, new opportunity. Um, an example that I always think about it, we were going around with horses and we will never think that uh, this can change so much. So an entire industry lost their job, but how many jobs they created the industry of, machine, of cars mm-hmm. and all the technology come over. So yes, probably some person lost their job but if they've been good enough they probably recycled themselves (laughs) with something else Um, 2023 is a different uh, is a difficult year I mean uh, in terms of uh, if you check the economic situation around the world 
is uh, we have a, we are surrounded by war in this moment so uh, it's a difficult time and everything is fast so I think that the secret to keep up is to my personal opinion is to carry on up, up, upgrade ourselves and in case to change what we are doing in the direction that the market requires otherwise uh, it's going to be really difficult to survive it's a bit like the yeah there's obviously photographic work in the exhibition and you know when the digital camera came along it was obviously a different ball game to you know previous slr photography or whatever and you know things are always changing and evolving but ultimately we have to adapt with the times so it's kind of interesting to see there's such a wide array of different kinds of art as you said there's paintings there's photography there's nft but it's quite like a, a broad mix of um of different backgrounds this is at the end of the day is like building a normal event you know and i think you need uh, to stimulate uh, who is uh, coming to to have different type of um, of experience also from the music we have different style and it's nice uh, to have different type of uh, artists just to don't get people bored for example, i get bored really easy <laughs> And uh, I, I would get super bored if everything was the same, on the same style, to be honest. It will not stimulate my nothing, my imagination. And uh, I like, I'm really creative in everything we do in terms that I really like to think and be uh, productive and have a new uh, input. And I take this new idea, new input for everything is around me. Uh, it can be art, it can be... A beautiful NFT or can be a beautiful sculpture, a beautiful picture, music. Uh, all these things, uh, we are like sponge. Sometimes we're not realizing it. But uh, if I put you in a bad contest, you're going to be sad soon. If I put you in a beautiful contest, you're going to feel better. So at the end of the day, we are vibration. And <laughs> what is around us is vibrating also. We need to vibrate in the same um, <laughs> in the same things but here we are opening a chapter that we can speak for three days to be honest but um, it's like this and I love to be surrounded by beautiful things in general woman <laughs> and art uh, and beautiful friends uh, I love beautiful people around me good people more than beautiful but definitely everybody that looks good here is, is an island that requires this but all this type of place if you work in London in a high uh, level restaurant all from the uh, from the waitress to the staff they're all looking nice uh, it's a society that is required this and unfortunately who doesn't see doesn't see the market uh, I don't see this as a, a negative thing to be honest um, yes he beats that give a lot of beautiful person but he also give a special person that I will never met anyway anywhere to be honest uh, is really is a really superficial highland is based on luxury now is not the EP island that everybody think it was died long time ago and it's normal that with luxury and all this type of service they're coming beautiful woman and they're coming wealthy man is what they want so this is the uh, what I was saying before the island in go is going in this direction from the party to a lot of things but uh, to be honest with you I love this type of Ibiza that we are living in this moment there is less people better quality 
and uh, I don't see nothing's wrong compared to the Ibiza of 20 years before that yes it was really nice and wild but in the same moment was dirty dangerous in a way that it was a lot of uh, uncomfortable things happening in the street and uh, they're different just to different time to different era to different Ibiza but I both I both love them yeah. I think it's interesting to see how Calayonga, the face of it, is changing and obviously the birth of the Hyde and, and the Mondrian is actually bringing a whole new kind of infusion into the neighbourhood. I hope so. I hope so because we really would love to to expand this long, this event at three days. And I hope, so, I hope, I really hope that the neighbourhood uh, supporting us because uh, we really would love to involve them. We really would love to have them here with us and share these uh, days with us. And I hope that they're going to like what we do, to be honest, because we put a lot of energy, a lot of time and um, passion more than everything. <laughs> is, this your, is this your first baby? Yes, this is our first party with Lotus. Yes. I'm looking forward to seeing how it works out. Thank you so much for talking to us. It's going to come. <laughs> it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> So just walking into um, the space now where the exhibits are all shining like sparkly, wonderful things in the distance. I'm here with uh, Daniel Dugan from Alabama. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very wonderful, thank you. It's just so amazing to see such an incredible smorgasbord of um, different artistry around the room. Right. I'm so inspired by all the art. It's so great to be in the company of other great artists. Are you just visiting us or are you here for just the exhibition? I am kind of always visiting Ibiza. I've been coming for the last three years for a few months at a time. And every time I stay longer and longer. And then I have a studio space in San Juan where I've been painting and working, which is where I made all the pieces here. So everything uh, that I'm showing has been made in Ibiza, inspired by the island. Um, So yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I never feel like I'm visiting because when I'm here, you know, I've grounded with a lot of wonderful friends and uh you know it's just uh, i always feel like i'm home so i don't know what you call that <laughs> where, where do you find other than being in san juan um you know an inspiring place to get these kind of creative juices flowing well i drove around one day and i found this place called 100 percent ibiza oh yeah i know it well that's right at the end of my street yeah, it was so fun and uh i was looking for a door i knew i wanted to paint a door because i had never painted one and so every piece is always is an experiment with a new material so i just got this inspiration to paint a door and so i went there and i like dug through like piles and piles of things and i finally found the door that had the right grain and uh so that was just kind of getting in my car and driving around. Um, I went uh, snorkeling near Putaleo um, last year or the year before. And I saw, that was the first time I was snorkeling in Ibiza. So then that's when I noticed like the colors of the water and just the gorgeous blues. I'd never seen the, that kind of color gradient before. So I made a painting uh, based on those colors. And there's another piece that I saw just for watching the moon rise one day and it was red and orange and yellow so uh should we go and stand in front yeah, of that one yeah. and see uh, have a little look at that because um yeah that's kind of actually i would say my favorite colors in the world the uh, kind of burnt really? sienna oh i love that yeah i i just i was so captivated by seeing a moon rise looking like the sun it was so unbelievable like how is this possible it, that is the moon, right? What we were all saying. And uh, it started as this electric red and then turned into a beautiful orange and then 
ended as beautiful golden yellow and uh, I went to the store the next day and bought those colors and played with the palette and then I loved the I loved the aesthetic of it and the, the colors so much that I, I didn't want to like cover them up too much so I did something that I hadn't done before which is paint a clear glossy line so you can see as you walk past it there there is a, a shine to the line so it, it does pop uh, depending on how it's lit so it's like a snail has slithered across oh my god it's so funny <laughs> yeah I was just in uh, I just came from Zurich uh, working on a project there and I saw I definitely I recorded like a snail a slug um, this is also yeah inspiration and I thought oh wow I need to put I need to make like a little ceramic slug and like put it on one of my paintings on the, the glossy part so that will happen so you're 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 feeling me. <laughs> I'm in tune. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely feeling you. I'm also like quite well. We're standing in front of the door now, which I can also see. And there's a very, yeah, um, incredible tapestry of, of, of wiggly lines. Yes. So when I was 10 years old, I became fascinated with one continuous line that never intersected and was perfectly spaced. So as a, a young perfectionist, um, child um i had my own little private meditation essentially where i saw if i could had the patience and the precision to fill up a whole napkin or a paper and could i make it to the end and have the line be spaced perfectly uh so that gave me a lot of joy i don't know i like i like systems I like rules uh and i like um I don't know. It just get, it was satisfying to, to do it, and then I'd done that my whole life. And then I was studying biology in, at university, thinking I would be a surgeon uh, with my steady hand. And then uh, it just became clear that the line was my—I don't know—it became you know more than a passion. It became like what my life essentially is. It's like an obsession. It's a it's a mild obsession. Um, you know, I'm just I'm so curious. So that's why every piece is different. So it, they all abide by the same set of rules that I uh, employed when I was 10, which is the the single line with no intersection, but they're all made with different materials in different ways. I've done it on beaches with like a stick and then shot it with a drone. So I've done like land pieces. I've done it with a, a lawnmower because I grew up in Alabama, so I knew how to cut grass. Uh, I used to talk a lot different. Uh, I saw this video when I was in high school, and I'd talk like this, and I was like, oh, my God. Uh, so, you know, i got a little flavor going on. It comes out every now and then. But, you know, as I travel the world, I always do, like, you know, I'm very proud to say I'm from Alabama, you know. Uh, and my mom is Cuban. My dad's Irish-Italian. So I have a whole, I don't know, international mix going. Um, but line is, yeah, line is, it makes me happy, you know. Like, I, this was a, a ceramic piece that a friend made. She's, uh, this is what she does, is makes beautiful, unique ceramic pieces. And this piece was going to go in the bin because she didn't like it or wasn't perfect. And I was like, oh, can I paint it, please? Um, her name's Yvette. Uh, and she said, yeah. I was like, don't throw it away. I want to I paint it. So this is my first kind of exploration, these two, uh, of painting the lines on, you know, three-dimensional surfaces. Um, yeah, so it is, I guess you can say it is an obsession, but a healthy one. How did the idea for just, you know, that continuous line, never leaving the page, I mean, what's, what's, the, what's the idea behind that? Where did this obsession brew from? Uh, I don't know. I, I remember being in fourth grade in Miss Epperson's class, and I remember drawing it then. And I don't know. I don't know if it was... I don't know if I just made it up or I felt compelled to do it. I don't know if it was... I don't know. You know, growing up, computers could only do so much. And I remember the game Snake. Do you remember Snake? 
I do. Uh, I definitely so do. You just press like left to right. Snakes and, and ladders. Down. Yeah. So a snake was like, you know, the line can't cross. I don't know. I wonder if that had some kind of impact, although I didn't learn about that till later. And then there's that game Candyland. It kind of is like all one line. But I think the, you know, I didn't know about that till later. I don't know. I think that my, my aha moment was in 2014 when I was snorkeling for the first time and I saw brain coral and I like flipped out. They all look like that, those balls that I painted. Um, and I saw like hun- a field of hundreds of spheres and it looked like my line. It was perfectly spaced and it was gorgeous and beautifully organized and it just made me like wonder, wow, uh, why, I'm, why have I been doing this? Am I connecting to something in nature, something in the universe? Obviously, perhaps I'm downloading some kind of code. I don't know, but I think that I'll spend you know, the rest of my life learning and figuring that out um, so that was kind of my moment where I realized that this this must mean something and that I have to just keep exploring it and it's taken me all over the world the last few years has been just um, I don't know almost hard to believe you know I found myself in Bali and Thailand and Ibiza and London and Paris and Zurich and all these new places I had never been and uh, in every place I find new materials um, I make new pieces just like for myself at some point you know I'll have like a I guess a global show to show all the little things I'm making everywhere um, I also you know paint murals with kids at different schools and I have little art days that I've done in like Bali and in Cuba and in Los Angeles so it's just it's limitless and so that excites me some people ask like oh don't you get tired of just drawing the line I'm like no it's very dramatic actually to draw the line because every move is different and there are there are a few other rules like there's generally no right angles um, and there's no generally long lines so it's constant turning so I just have to test my patience like the door example is like very difficult because obviously I start and I stop and I have to match the same spacing but that I love that kind of challenge I love problem solving I love that sense of you know completion when you do it um, so it does drive me and it's fun for me there's a lot of drama I see in the line there's like little close calls where maybe the line gets too close I'm like no 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 uh, so it's it's fun for me and yeah I don't know I'm happy that I you know had the courage to do it in 2016 I got a studio when I was in LA and just got a little creative space to make my little line and people were like what are you doing why are you doing this and like I don't know I I don't need a reason Um, and then one piece led to more and then someone wanted to buy one which I was like wow uh, okay Um, and then it just kind of took off and I I just got collected by a a museum in Mexico City by the owner of the museum um, in January so that was nice to like see you know someone appreciate my work you know uh, on that level and it's just leading to more so Let's see where it goes. I mean, it's crazy because it, I'm proud of how far I've gotten, but I know that also it still feels like the beginning. There. Why Ibiza, though? What is it that's drawing you here to carry on your work specifically in the studio? Well, um, I came, I actually was in Mexico um, three over three years ago, and I painted, my friends said, you know, we would love, Daniel, if you could like have your art somehow in the wedding. And I said, okay, let me see. Let me just arrive and I'll figure it out. So the day before the wedding, I said... Um, what if I painted the aisle? I really want to paint the aisle. And they're like, do you have time? I said, don't worry about it. Get ready for the wedding tomorrow. Um, I'll figure it out. So I went and it was a problem-solving exercise. I, we were in San Miguel de Allende. So I ran to like find this long paper and then like a foam underneath and then the paint. And I painted this 
aisle, which was like their first steps together, which was so significant. And they were so happy. I, I was so happy how it turned out. And I met this uh, couple who lives in Ibiza. And they responded to my work and said, you should come visit for you know a little while and we'll you know meet our friends and see the island. We think that you'd really... They just had an instinct that I would connect with it. And it had been coming up in conversation, so I knew, like, okay, I have to, I have to go. And I think it was a month later I arrived, and, yeah, then I've been going and coming for the last three years and staying for one month, two months. Um, and, yeah, there's just something about the magnetism of the people who are attracted to the island, as you know, and, um, and you know, the, the connection with nature, the beauty of, of Svedra, um, just the little swimming holes that you're kind of alone and you get to the, every now and then I'll stop and I'll say Daniel you're on a rock in the middle of you know the Balearic Sea and like by the Mediterranean like it's crazy I'm like floating like looking up at the at the sky and just always kind of checking myself about where I really am on the planet and how fortunate I am obviously uh, I love the way you just threw your head back there and closed yeah. your eyes as if you were actually imagining yeah. yourself floating. Yeah. I could actually almost feel it. Yeah, 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 I can feel it too. You know, I, um, I was an actor before all this, so, you know, I do like... Uh, I do like... A bit theatrical. Get into things. Uh, you know, I love the human spirit and emotions and connection with people. And again, that comes back to the island. The people that I've met here, uh, you know, it's changed my life coming here, obviously, because I keep coming back and... Um, the people I've met and the relationships I've formed, the conversations I've had. You know, I, I often get at, you know, some people ask, you know, oh, Ibiza, how do you stay there for so long? And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm, I don't come and just, like, go to the clubs for a week and get tired and go home. You know, I'm here living the other Ibiza, which is, you know, the beautiful people who live here and the conversations you have with them, their, like, kind of global perspective on what they're doing with their life. So many of them are, you know, doing wonderful, helpful things with their businesses or with their, you know, their initiatives. And uh, one woman I'm working with is, has a, an ocean foundation, so I'm going to do work with her. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really about the people and it's about the connection with nature. And that's what brings me back. So I'm very happy that I found it. I'm glad I painted the aisle in Mexico and that couple said, you know, come visit. And that I did it, you know. So many times when people say, you know, come visit. I always take them up on it. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to watch my words around you. <laughs> yeah, watch my words. Where are you from? England. <laughs> England? Oh, great. Well, okay, yeah, I'll come visit. I don't live there that you can't. Oh, damn. I live here. Oh, damn. You can visit okay. me here. It's okay. Anytime. Okay, great. Well, well, yeah, just send over a pin, you know. I'll knock on the door with a Alabama apple pie. Um, yeah, I just came from London, actually. I was doing a show there, and uh, yeah, so, um, hmm. yeah, I take people up on their, on their offers. Well, let me think about an offer, and I shall offer it to you later. <laughs> okay, great. I'll probably say yes. Uh, yes is also kind of a, a signature piece that I made in 2014. It was the first word I drew, because um, I wanted to know if I could draw a word, what it would look like. So I just chose the word randomly, I think. I chose the word yes, and that's one of the four pieces that the museum collected in Mexico City. Um, and it was significant because yes essentially represents 
the idea of all of my work, of the line. Um, that yes, I accept this moment where I'm at. Yes, I accept this emotion or this person. Maybe I don't like it. Maybe I think I'm suffering from it. But the, so uh, the sooner you say, okay, yes, I accept this day. I'm going to call it a bad day, sure. But it's going to get me to something else. I don't know. So, you know, we're so obsessed with knowing you know, cerebrally. Why? Why is this happening? Why did I do this? Why did this happen? Why did they say that thing? Why, why, why? And it really can just take you on this spiral of you know, self-suffering, self-imposed suffering. So I realized that the word yes that I had drawn, I didn't know the meaning of it. I, years later, it kind of dawned on me that that's what it meant. Have you seen the film, The Yes Map? Uh, a long time ago, yeah, with Jim Carrey. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a little different than that because uh, you know it doesn't mean say yes, do everything because you should say no, you know, a lot. Obviously. I'm going to offer you something <laughs> in a minute and test you. Oh, really? Okay. Are great. you going to say yes? <laughs> I mean, let's see. I'll say yes. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of just about not negating. You know, when life's giving you something difficult, like no, I don't want this, or no, I don't want this lesson, or I don't want this feeling, no, this emotion, no. Like you know, life is beautiful and complex and the emotions are great the more emotions the better so when you feel like rage or jealousy or you know the ones that don't feel great you know it's gonna turn into something else and it's gonna push you into something beautiful so that's what I try to remember uh, and all the emotions even the happy ones like it's not gonna last forever I'm, I'm not gonna be laying back looking in the water looking at the sky and Ibiza forever but you know we just have that this moment and it, it, it's what it is and it doesn't need to be what we label it. Deep talk when we're uh, surrounded by art (laughs) under some very spectacularly bright coloured lights here. Yeah, you know, I think that's what's been so beautiful about it. You know, when I was drawing the line just for myself, never showing anyone for most of my life, um, I didn't know that it would come to this. And it was only after seeing the coral underwater, knowing that it must mean something, and then my connection with people and the conversations that come out of this it's just been so wonderful i mean i had no idea that it would end up like this which really is what the line is uh, the line every piece is a labyrinth and the function of a labyrinth when you walk through it is to relax on your path because you know it's a labyrinth and you know you'll finish it so you can't get lost you're not going to get turned around you can't you don't really need to give up whereas a maze is different a maze is a polycrystal path where you can get lost and you can get annoyed and turn around and go back but with labyrinth you can relax your mind because you know you'll get to the end so you have to go through all the turns and wonder why why am i here i don't know okay we'll keep going um it basically is the the analogy with life and time that we're on we are on a timeline here (laughs) Uh, being on the planet and you know moving through it observing it i think the biggest lesson I've gotten out of all of this is um, to simply observe your life um, rather than kind of analyzing it um, just observe the days and observe the things I mean which is quite Buddhist um, which I learned from a book I read years ago um, which funny enough I was asked to draw a Buddhist figure his name is Kasidi Garba uh, by a woman I met in Shanghai and um, yeah every commission every piece essentially teaches me something either just on the surface with the materials or on some other level of connection to humans and and nature. So it's just, I don't know, it's wonderful. I feel so lucky to have my little art form and have it mean something and have it connect me to people more deeply. 
thank you so much. Um, I have got to also invite a couple of other artists onto this episode, but it's oh, yeah. been gorgeous to talk to you oh, and hear your stories about these incredible, yeah, very persistent uh, depictions of, um, yeah, I mean, I love, the, I do really, really love the Buddha one. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that one means a lot to me. I can send you his mantra that I listened to the whole time I was drawing. Yes, please. It's meant to solve all problems. So I send it to people a lot. So I'll send you that. You can put it on the podcast if you want. Yeah. It's very helpful. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, it's just 11 minutes. 11 minutes to calm down. (laughs) I think we all need a bit of that after the summer has just ended at Ibiza. So, uh, yeah, people will uh, dig deep into your mantra. Oh, I know. But October is my favorite month here just because everyone's gone. And the people who are here, you know, are here. And I'm excited about tonight. It's going to be You're missing the first sip of champagne that everyone seems to be uh, toasting one another. Well, great. We'll talk again later. Thank you so much. Thank you. Francesco Macapani Missoni. So thank you so much for making a little bit of time just before the doors open this evening here at the Lotus Art in Motion. Can you just tell us a little bit about this um, collection that we're sitting in front of? Oh, that's, those are some of my works uh, that uh, I create by waving uh, stripes. The, those are satin stripes uh, together one by one. So it's a long work of patient, precision and patient uh, that I don't have. <laughs> but it's a good training for my patient, I would say. Weaving anything is not a simple process, right? No, exactly. Uh, especially, you know, I came from a family that produced a lot of uh, textile. So I grew up in the middle of those machines that was waving tones of lines and to make one meter of uh, textile coming out so you know I probably absorb a bit of that a bit of the sense of the color and I re- I try to put uh, you know to put it in my works when uh, to exprime to express my emotion and uh, my feelings I would say where did you learn to weave uh, I was uh, no, nowhere, like, I just came naturally, I don't know, uh, the, the, I never learned how to weave somewhere, I have to, I would say, it came naturally to me. Uh, at a certain point I tried to create something uh, artistic, but it was in my free time as a hobby before I was doing all this, and I cannot draw I cannot paint I'm not good at that so to express myself I found this way I made a little you know before I was using uh, paper stripes and I was working with that Uh, then I moved to satin because paper I was limited in the dimension of my works so they were just 20 20 or 40 40 to make them way bigger I I'm using like uh, I I tried different material but satin is one of the my favorite one because of the way how it plays with the lights you know when the lights hits in and it you know it change and it feels like if you move in front of the artwork it feels like the color are dancing together seems a little bit psychedelic to me I, I, <laughs> it's quite trippy almost uh, it's, it's a kind of psychedelic so, some of them like this one but some others, for me, like I don't think that's a psych- you think that speaks psychedelic as well, yeah, a bit. Not, not as much, but yeah, there's a definite th- that one feels one, yes, like it's moving. One, yes, some of them I, I I like the those color like really acid color like really fluid uh, like. 
fluorescent. So I really love those colors and I try to use them as much as I can in my work to, to give contrast. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely um, quite out there in terms of the colors. They're very striking and very um, almost iridescent. They really, really stand out. There's a lot of popping and buzzing and, and sparkling going on. Also, this, uh, this one, like, you know, I use combination of color and tones. So even if there's not a light pointing at them, it feels like he's, uh, he's enlightened from behind or something. It feels like he's, uh, he's on. How long does it take you to create one of these pieces, say one of the larger ones? The largest one, that uh, takes me like 10, 12 days. Because, uh, you know, on my smaller works, uh, I can work like 15 hours. And sitting on my table, like I can work non-stop for 15 hours. One of those, I can work maximum five, six hours a day because I constantly standing up, going around, uh, going to the other side, I'm moving around the table uh, to fix the, the stripes, uh, to hammer the pin that keeps them down. So I'm constantly up and down and I'm never seated. So I finish to work after five hours and my T-shirt is sweat, I have to take a shower. and So it's uh, tiring me. You know, uh, so I, I took one, the, the big one, uh, like that one, at 12 days. This one, it takes seven, eight days. Those are, you know, it's a long process. So if someone was going to commission something like this, it would just take a couple of weeks then maybe for the waiting list? Or? No, now waiting list, uh, if somebody asks me something, I will be able to produce it in two months, two months and a half maybe. Because I have some works uh, to do. Whereabouts is your studio? Uh, it's in Milano, uh, close to Parco Sempione. I mean, what, what brought you to Ibiza to exhibit here? How did it come about? Uh, like A good friend of mine uh, is organizing this event. So he contacted me and he asked me if I would like to be part of it. And he explained all the event and everything. And it looked, seems really nice, you know? From me for what he said and I came and it look it look nice so have you interacted much with the other artists on the uh, on the exhibition some of them are my friends as well uh, like a couple of them I know them from before and uh, I, it seems like it's gonna be a wonderful evening is there any of the other artistry caught your eye oh yeah like a couple of pictures from uh, Paolo uh, Paolo Regis really like uh, I really love them Especially there's one with the monks. I uh, really, 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 I, I love it. It's like human human action in motion. Yeah, because all the pictures are moving. Uh, no, he's a great photographer. Have you sort of spent much time in Ibiza in terms of... Uh, have you spent much time on the island? Uh, yes. Uh, since I'm 35, 38. Since uh, I'm 18, uh, I've been here at least one week every year. So sometimes a month uh, so I spend a lot of time on the island it's like a second uh, house to me I have a lot of friends that lives on the island all, all year long so whenever I come back uh, it's like seeing uh, I have a, quite a, of a family here so where would you say that you find your, your you know creative process is, is mostly infused or inspired my creative process uh, it for sure is infused uh, for the background that my family gave me, like I, I grew up in a colorful family, and for sure the sense of the color I took it from from there. 
But then uh, I have a degree in architecture and I work uh, uh, while I was writing my thesis for two years in New York in a design studio. And we did a lot of works for the, this brand, uh, also Didon is called. And I waved tons of plastic uh, line to create different objects. Uh, this was a, a six-month project we had uh, when, while I was there. So that's another seed, you know. All together, the experience of my life, uh, it came out. Uh, I, I put them all together, basically, and it came out my works. Is a... Uh, uh, an extract of all my experience that I had uh, through all my life. Did you grow up in Italy? I grew up in Italy, north of Milan, in the middle of the countryside. So how does it feel to be kind of like working in the city in, in that way with your art now? Uh, I'll, there's no other city in Italy where I could live right now, but I always said the day I will have kids, they will not be soon, probably, but uh, the day I will have kids, I will move back to Italy or in the countryside because on, I had uh, an amazing uh, childhood living, uh, you know, in, in the middle of the nature, going out with friends in the wood, exploring. And if I would uh, if will have kids, I would love to them to have the same experience, you know, because I, I will never grow my, my kids in the city. Interesting, but do you feel like, you know, your connection to nature in your childhood has like brought about these, you know, these colorful creations? Yes, for sure. Uh, my, my favorite season are fall and uh, spring because of the color that uh, nature have. Like in, sp- in spring, I love all the flowers, the different, and in uh, fall, I love all the shades of uh, green and, and gr- red, yellow, orange that the leaves takes. I think it's just beautiful. How does the art scene in Milan compare to somewhere like Ibiza? I mean, we haven't really quite got anything going on in terms of uh, what would imagine happens in Italy. It's incomparable. Like uh, Milan is one of the biggest art uh, market out there, and Ibiza is just like try just coming out now. You know, there was nothing back in the days. Now, in the last few years, uh, something is moving, and I think in the next future will be. It will be bright for the art world in Ibiza. I think there are people that are trying to make, to take artists and art in Ibiza, but also a relevant one because most of the art that was always in Ibiza was mostly like uh, artisanal, uh, you know, something from the either. It was never like a big art scene. So I think uh, I hope that in the future it will become like bigger and bigger. Why do you think uh, Milan has one of the biggest art scenes in Europe? Because it's, it's, we have many, many designers, we have many, many really good galleries in Milan, and it's right in the center of Europe. Like, honestly, Milan, uh, you know, I lived in New York, I live a little bit in London, uh, I always go, I often go in Paris, we have a house there, but the quality of life that you can have in Milano like is unbearable like you cannot have it anywhere tell me another place in the world where you can get your car drive one hour south and go to the sea driving one hour north go to ski take an airplane one hour and a half maximum two hours you're in any european capital no like 
Well, I mean, you say it sounds like you work pretty hard in terms of uh, the amount of hours that you dedicate for to, to these these creations. I work daily. Like uh, I, I woke up and I start producing my works, and uh, that that that's my life now. What what, what is but your routine? Like, really, when I work, for me, it's like a sort of meditation. Like hour pass by, and normally I work a lot during night. So for me, maybe it's three o'clock uh, at night, but then I look outside and sunlight's coming. So I really don't, when I start to work, I go, I get into like a bubble. I don't feel the time passing. It's like, uh, I'm in this sort of, I don't know, uh, out of time. Uh, it's a meditation really for me. And when I work, it really makes me feel good. I mean, you know, talk us through your routine. Are you kind of like getting up and like going out for a coffee and then going straight into the studio? Uh, I'm lucky I have my studio in my home. So I can just walk up from the bed uh, if I'm inspired and go start go straight to work or I work until I'm exhausted and I could just go to bed and uh, pass out. Uh, no, uh, I'm lucky for that. I have space in my home that I can, can work there. Well, listen, congratulations on, uh, you know, exhibiting these beautiful artworks here this evening. Um, it's amazing to have heard a little bit of the process behind them, and I wish you the best of luck with it all. Thank you so much. Bye. And so we have one final, uh, but last but not least, guest this evening to introduce you to, Lela Radulovic from Serbia. Welcome. Thank you. You say it really nice. My name and surname, Lela Radulovic. Nice to meet you, darling. Well, thank you for just popping away there. The doors are kind of open here at the Mondrian and um, literally the champagne corks are, are popping to celebrate the very first Lotus Art in Motion exhibition. How does it feel to be here in Ibiza exhibiting your photographs? Well, I'm very excited and I can say that I'm a bit nervous, but I have this positive nervous moment because this means so much to me. I live here for 10 years and this is my first exhibition and I'm so glad it's for Lotus and uh, I hope everything will go amazing tonight and we will have a lot of fun. Interesting that you say that you've been here for 10 years because that's exactly how this is my 10th year as well. Oh nice, yes 10 years in Ibiza and still learning Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Well that's two of us as well, oh my god. (laughs) When I must talk Spanish, I, I talk. When I don't have to, I'm like, mm, I'm not sure. Yeah, but I love Ibiza. Absolutely in love in this place, in this bubble. And every time when I need to go out from Ibiza, I take the ticket back. I'm not going out of Ibiza if I don't have ticket back to Ibiza. <laughs> it's very strange this moment. <laughs> when did you first come here? Oh, I came here 2011 just to have party. I was here five days and then I come back 2013 to live. Yes. It must have had a strong impression on you. Absolutely. When I go back to my home, I was thinking what was the most happiest moment in my life and the place. And the first thing I was thinking of, it's Ibiza. And it was all experience and people I met here. And it was really like truth from my heart. When I think of this place, I was so happy and no matter what you're passing through life you're like thank you god for this place and for living here how however it will come out it's just magic there is no other words for this place than magic yes 
What did you do here in those first five days when you first came that made you so happy, dare I ask? Are you sure you we want to talk about this? Definitely. Yeah. Well, we was definitely parting. Yes. We, I was young in that moment. So it was 10 years ago, even more, 12. So we was parting, non-stop parting, just going around the island. But it was a bit different uh, vibe in the island in that time. So there was a lot of day parties, open parties. Now it's a bit different. Now it's more like uh, clubs, VIPs, list and everything. So yeah, going to the beaches, enjoying in beach clubs, meeting people, meet a lot of people. So yeah, this was my five days. I come back home like a tiger. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't know if you are joking or not, actually, but <laughs> I think we're always uh, welcoming of uh, new tigers in Ibiza, so it's nice to have you here with us. I mean, I've just been standing in front of your incredible um, four stunningly beautiful photos of women who are kind of almost sort of like naked, really. Uh, actually, there is eight photos inside, but because of uh, the space, we needed a little bit to reorganize, so they are a bit separate, four to two. Uh, yes, I absolutely adore women and the females and in all their glory. I, I adore my friends, sisters, mothers. I love the shape of the body of the woman. It's really huge inspiration for me. And you can see that through my work, absolutely, yes. I, of course, I'm working with the men's also, but my passion lay in the female, in, in woman, yes. I love to glorify the woman and their beauty in every sense. Not just like beauty, like it's imagined these days, like modern beauty, but every sense of the beauty of the woman. And I love when I'm shooting them, when I'm photo shooting them, in that process to make them feel good, beautiful, worth. I love this process of making my photos. This is my favorite part of my work. I mean, I think it's really amazing because, as you say, women's bodies need to be celebrated in all their glory and none of this kind of photoshopping or making women look, you know, or force them to feel that they should look a certain way. And that's what I really love about your photographs. That essence of just being really comes across. Yes, exactly. But I must say through the history of art, you see the photoshops in many art forms, even in Renaissance or in some not new age also on the paintings they was making people a little bit more beautiful than they was for that time because this is staying after them so there is discussable this photoshopping or not of course everything with the sense of taste but I love women's for who they are, what they are representing, what they are bringing to us, and I just adore to celebrate them. I think this is the island of women, essentially, so it feels quite fitting in many ways. I mean, when did this idea to celebrate women's bodies in this way come to you? I think it was always with me. Actually, I started, uh, I was in Academy of Art, uh, studying the paintings, so I was a painter and then I started to travel a lot like a model because this was my chance to see the world so I started to do photography and I was always surrounded by models 
and I was always with my camera. So this is how I started from the both sides, like a model and photographer. And I became very good in directing them how to get the essence from them and how to look the best. What is their best side? What is the best position? How to put their body to feel comfortable? Because in modeling, what it looking good doesn't mean that it's comfortable. So you are putting them in positions that are not comfy, but on the picture it looks amazing. And usually I say to them, you need to levitate. When you are posing, you need to levitate. Everything needs to flow. You cannot just sit in the chair and just be there, like, relaxed. No, you need to levitate in that chair be a little bit uncomfortable but from this uncomfortable situation we make something beautiful sometimes i'm putting them on the rocks on very heavy like dirty places uh, water um, heat uh, it can be really i came back i come back home absolutely destroyed from the photo shooting but i love this process because I am pushing and my model is pushing, sweating, you know, coming back home with pain in their muscles, with some cuts, but we did something beautiful. Yeah, I love it. I was going to say, they must be pretty proud of the of the produce that you both create. Uh, I think I am. Maybe I'm not so aware of it because I think a lot of artists have this, I cannot say problem, but... While we are creating something and we are in process of creating, we are absolutely there. After that, when I stop, for example, some project, I'm, I'm done. You know, like I'm ready for something new. So I'm going constantly for that moment of creating. This is what is making me strong. But you ask me about, am I proud? I, I think I am. Yes, I'm proud. Yeah. Do many of the models ask for a copy of the, the, the shots that you make? Absolutely, yes. Of course. Of course they do. Sometimes they're angry at me because I don't have time to do all the shots. There is a lot of good shots. And I always say, you need to wait. This is my process. How much I do on the process of making, that's how much I need also in post-production. So this is all one process to something to come out. And I always say everything in their own time. <laughs> this is my sentence. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. They wait. They wait and they love to post uh, my paintings, my pictures and everything. What we do. I mean, how does the selection process work? Where do you find these people? Uh, many of them are my friends, actually. I already know with who I can do what. If I was working some job with some model, I see how it's behaving, how it's moving, how it's posing. Um, so this is how I'm selecting them. I know exactly from the person when I see what I can get from them, what they can take, what, what they can bring to me. Sorry for my English. I'm, I'm trying, struggling sometimes to, to say exactly what I mean. But I know exactly when I see the person and I work like 30 minutes with them, I know what they can bring and what I can create with them. So this is how I'm choosing for my personal work, the models. Yeah. 
Beautiful. I think it's just very interesting because you hear these stories about like how did Kate Moss get found or like someone just was walking down a street in London and like, you know, saw her and saw that potential in her. And it's just a kind of an interesting question just to understand, like, you know, do you see like a woman on the beach and approach her? Or is it just like somebody who you, you just find fascinating at a party after you speak to her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, one of the models on my pictures here, I met that day and uh, she came like a friend of my friend. And we was on the beach and we was working together and I asked her, can I take some photos of you? And she was feeling really comfortable to do this type of photos with me. And we just, we was just working. We was just going with the flow. And I called her and I said, I told her that I would like to expose some of pictures of her. She was really happy to hear that. And I for sure wants to work with her again. I, I saw her 30 minutes. So it can happen very spontaneous, these things. How did you get into photography? Where did, where did the journey begin? The uh, journey begins when I was in Academy of Art in Belgrade. So I was a painter, like I already say. And I was like a graphical designer. But in that time, everything was what I was doing, I was doing with the hands. It demands a lot of time and energy. And Academy of Art... Uh, you need to be there present all day. So when you are in that type of academy, you need to be there. But when I was on the fourth year, I started to travel a lot, uh, like a model. And then I was thinking how I can continue to do my work um, and to express myself on much, let's say, faster way. So I start to do photography first on the film, and then I started to do digital photography and this is how it started all this journey so everything was like the way it should go everything was going on on that direct direction where I am now I think yeah I mean I also studied photojournalism and A-level photography you know back when I was 17 and things are obviously as you described very very different then with working with film and going into a dark room and actually like you know going through the whole motion of of the process of development and I think it's kind of one of the artists uh, Henry Cartier-Bresson who we studied was like a guy who made this whole series called The Decisive Moment and I think it's very interesting like in today's modern world with digital photography that obviously you know there's a lot more there's a lot less thought perhaps that goes into that moment when you actually capture a picture because everything is a bit more disposable than it used to be well i i cannot compare these things because we need to go with the with the modern time we are moving everything is changed the only constant is change so it's nice to stay also in that to develop with the film when you have your dark room you're there but also today life is so fast that you need to go with that also because if you are not doing this type of things you will be eaten by other things around you but I think it's nice to do both like to combine but also today modern dark room is definitely editing and editing is not easy. It's not like we put a filter on top. It's not like this. People don't really have idea. I mean, people who are not in this don't really have idea how many hours you need to work on one picture to look how it look at the end. Some pictures demands like eight hours 
layers and layers and forever in front of computer, like before was in the dark room. But there you have like all these chemistries coming out, you know, because I was in academy, someone come and destroy your film, you know, <laughs> it was crazy time. But all this process is really interesting for me. It's just a fascinating concept, you know, to go from A to B. And if you've been there since the beginning before, you know, you were working in that art form before it became digital, I just feel like it's become, you know, instant gratification is, is something that didn't exist, you know, before. Or even those days when you'd go out and shoot a, a whole roll of 35 mil and then, you know, you had no idea what you'd even got really until like a couple of days later. Whereas now, you know, you can just download them and then bang, it's just there. Yeah, that was surprise. That was amazing surprise. You was waiting like, what will come out from this? In this sense, now it's definitely easier with today technology. But it's also demanding. And it's not only about which camera you have. It's You need to have eye for this. You feel someone work. You feel, is it done from the heart or it's done to be done? At least I'm watching things like this. So what's your feeling about the, the kind of, you know, emergence of AI in this world? Well, I'm still learning about this, I must tell you. I say to my husband the other day, can I take some private classes about this? Because I really want to learn, because I think this is future. And we cannot be ignorant in front of this. We cannot say, ah, this is not for me. No. Like, we need to learn what is this and how to use in a good way for us and for our children because obviously they will be absolutely in this i'm still this like old generation you know i'm 39 years old so i'm still like with one foot in the film in the paintings in drawing with the fingers but i'm also thinking okay I need to know about this and I want to know how to use this in the best way because you can be even more creative. You can make from your photos something that you only can imagine in your head, that it's maybe impossible to do on the set because you don't have all these tools, like, I don't know, the, the clothes or the scenography. But if you are really good in... in um, saying what you want to do, maybe you can create something even better than you already do. So why not use it? Yeah, beautiful. I think that's uh, yeah a good modern attitude. Ultimately, I mean, you've either got to be prepared to change or be left behind. Ultimately, and I think you know, I just love what you've done, and particularly in the way that you've incorporated one of the island's biggest selling points and that is the nature I mean I love this picture of this woman naked against this like leaf and structure and almost like the reflection in the back it's just gorgeous thank you thank you so much for your kind words yes I absolutely love nature in Ibiza and it's one of my biggest inspirations when I'm thinking about shooting I'm thinking okay I know which model I want and where I want because there is exactly the stone I want to have like the position the level of the sea is on that certain level. <laughs> when it's the full moon, how it will look. So I know Ibiza very good, but not all. I must say that I need to research more. And I love this, that I still don't know absolutely every point of Ibiza. Sometimes I'm going around, I'm like, wow, I never saw this before. Like this spot. 
you need to go hiking, you need to go researching for good photos, you need to know exactly where to go. And sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes you are like hiking 40 minutes, super hot, 40 degrees outside, but you're still walking with your camera, with your equipment, with everything, with the model, and you're going to create something wonderful. I mean, what a feeling. That's commitment, isn't it? Just getting really sweaty, hiking through the forest for hours on end to get to a secret hidden spot. I think I maybe spotted Salinas in one of your pictures. Salinas is absolutely my favorite place. Um, When I have time to be with myself, I go there. And it's really good in Salinas because you have like dunes, you say dunes. Uh, you have like a low water, high water, you have like a stones, different type of stones, like a white, yellow, black, rounded, very sharp. Uh, you can play a lot in Salinas and it's really quiet place. So you don't have so many people around. So you can always find this hidden place where you can go and do some amazing shots. I think it's, you know, just an amazing way to be able to explore the island as well, like to see it through somebody else's eyes and to really appreciate that and go into somebody else's kind of lens and perspective. And, I, you know, it's very obvious, like when you look at those photographs that you've, you know, taken your time and you've been here for almost a decade or more than a decade. Um, so you kind of, you know, you have the insider's knowledge now about where, where are the good spots. I mean, where's your favorite place to take pictures? Where is my favorite place? Uh, definitely Salinas uh, Punta Galera I love Punta Galera it has these uh, very sharp stones um, it's really interesting uh, how they look uh, like uh, structures uh, there is a lot of places I love Atlantis also it's a little bit hard to get to Atlantis you can hike it's really hard to, it's easy to go down than to go up uh, it's the best to go when it's not so hot, definitely. Or you go with a boat, but also this is difficult because it's a bit difficult area to pass. But when you decide you want to go there and you're going there, no matter what, won't stop you. You are with the waves hitting you on these rocks. But no, you are just going with this equipment, uh, holding up not to go in the water, you know. So this is some of my definitely favorite spot. Atlantis is beautiful it's hard to get but when you get there you're like wow i'm here let's do something amazing yeah i mean that was a spot i think they excavated the rock for or to create and build that villa and it's just um yeah it's just spectacular i mean it's something very very different to any kind of landscape or vista you'll see on the rest of the island so yeah I'm just yeah I'm really really fascinated to hear uh, your your process and very excited uh, for this evening for you I mean is it this turning into a little bit of a party later oh yes (laughs) we will have it will go slow until maybe 10 o'clock or something like this we will see and feel the vibe of the people how they feel and definitely after 12 we have also after party I hope you are coming with us if you twist my arm Please, you need to come with us. We need a little party to celebrate tonight. This is my first exhibition, this type of uh, in Ibiza, and I think it's time to celebrate. Let's first see how it's going. 
Well, with an invitation like that, who could possibly refuse? Thank you so much for joining us here on the Reset Rebel podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for this conversation and thank you that you f- make me feel so comfortable in giving in talking with you because I'm really shy person but you make it so easy. Really. Thank absolute pleasure. Enjoy. It's the It's the reset rebel. It's the reset rebel. Coming to you every day.